off the ball. I don't think Springboks are in crisis because you would hate for a team that is so phenomenally good a year out from the World Cup to be world number one and then to go out in the quarterfinals. Yes, yeah, Stephen, we, we know. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports Alright, you're very welcome along It's uh, supposed to be the football kickoff with Sky every Friday at half past 11 where we talk about the best five games on telly this weekend but there are no games on telly this weekend It's now official The Premier League statement is through this weekend's Premier League match round will be postponed, including Monday evening's game. Further updates regarding Premier League fixtures during the period of mourning will be provided in due course. So we might be might be waiting a while for some football here, Phil. Yeah, and it's an already packed calendar because of the World Cup in Qatar. You know, you've you've packed in six match days in the Champions League into the space of eight weeks, and the the other two weeks are designated for international windows as well so the football calendar was already jam-packed and um, yeah it's, the Premier League are going to have to do a bit of reshuffling and wonder where they're going to fit these in Yeah, David Connolly good morning to you how are you getting on? Good morning Jay morning Phil uh, We had five games that we were looking forward to uh, talking about some decent games but uh, now there's no football for a while it is hard to know as Phil says you know the, the World Cup in Qatar had already made this a very very hectic busy season now all of a sudden there's going to be at least one and potentially two extra rounds of Premier League games to fix in do they just extend the season an extra week at the end and, and that would be the same for everybody or do they try and jimmy it in somewhere well I mean I, you know the point by Phil is absolutely spot on because I think between now and and, and close to mid-November they were playing every midweek anyway you know, um, so I, I don't know where they're going to fit the games in, to be honest. And um, uh, yeah, there's so much football on, so much to get through. Um, I think you can understand this weekend. Um, kind of, uh, I, I, I haven't really seen what the what the midweek is is um, is looking like. Obviously, they were meant to play. I, yeah, yes, yeah, Europe exactly. Yeah, so they're meant to then play on on this then midweek. And after that, as I said, it's kind of Saturday, Tuesday or Sunday, Wednesday, you know, for well, well up to November. So, yeah, difficult situation. We're streaming this at um, 11.37. So maybe by the time you hear this on the radio this evening, the, the news and the specific time of the funeral might come out. So there's a possibility that they get next weekend's fixtures away if the funeral is on the Monday, which is um, being speculated about at the moment. So, um, But if they don't, that's two rounds of... Premier League fixtures that they're going to have to somehow fit in. Uh, so look, th- there's only so much speculating about that that we'll do for now. There are big football stories that we do need to talk about this week and if I had just taken over at a new club, I wouldn't mind actually having 10 days to work with my players. So no game, but you're coming in, lads. Uh, no, no, whatever it is that you you've thought you were doing on your day off, you're not. So is this the worst situation that um, Chelsea could have faced or is this actually like a, a blessing in disguise? Um, well, I think if you're, if you're, um, I mean, penny for the thoughts for, for some of the football players that have been caught up in this, right? I mean, Billy Gilmore has left Chelsea to go to Brighton and before you know it, you know, look what's happened. I mean, uh, I don't know what he must be thinking, but anyway. I don't I know if you remember when, uh, when Seppa came in, you were allowed to cancel any transaction within like it's yeah. new European <laughs> rules. Sorry, yeah, exactly. the visa card, not going, come on. Yeah. Oh man, if only you could have a refund, you know. Um, I mean, so look, I think um, in terms of the recruitment, 
you you could say at the start of the season, you know, when you know, say Todd Bowley t- took over, and I've done some games at, at the Bridge, you know, um, he wasn't their man, right? And I think you know, if you're Chelsea, it's probably no surprise that Thomas Tuchel is gone. He has shown, I think, with the Dodgers, the 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 coach they've had in place there has been there seven years, but that's their man. They've got their man now, right? So. I don't think it's that much of a surprise Tuchel went, certainly not performances. And also just any kind of dip in form would be the reason that that the Bowleys would use, Top Bowley would use to make that change. I don't think it's a surprise. But anyway, now they've got Graham Potter in charge. And, you know, I think, I think he's got all the attributes to absolutely manage a top four club. I'm just, I, I just thought he might actually end up at Man City, for example, rather than a Chelsea, say when Pep Guardiola calls time um, because you know it's a different I think Chelsea's a different animal to a lot of a lot of football clubs and um, I, we don't know what this ownership structure is like right I mean Phil will have a view on this but you know if you're a manager going in there you get your entry right which all the managers seem to have because they all get massive payoffs and and you get your exit right and and judging by this they've had to pay a lot of money to get him so they'll have to pay a lot of money to dispense with him but in the past that hasn't seemed to really stop any of those managers and I, and I guess for for Graham Potter, you know, what's the worst that could happen? He, he would probably get, you know, a huge payoff, uh, but he'd still be able to command a top foot job if things don't go well. But they might, you know, they might. Um, what's that squad like? I, I can't tell if it's like the greatest assembled squad of footballers that we've ever seen or if it's like got far too many players who are the same. I think it's a really good squad and Obviously, Tuchel was playing three at the back. Graham Potter's played three at the back as well with, with Brighton, so that would be an issue. One of the criticisms of what we would have had with Chelsea under Tuchel is as good as they have been in terms of effectiveness of getting results, they're not cohesive in attack. Now, they've got so many good attacking players that you're going to score goals. If you've got Raheem Sterling in attack, if you've got Mason Mount in attack, you're going to score goals. So... I think they could score more goals if they were better in attack. Now, obviously, Aubameyang, who David mentioned, Billy Gilmore. Imagine what... He's the other Aubame- side of that, yeah. Aubameyang hasn't even got his mask off and Tuchel's got... He played 58 minutes the other night in, in Zagreb and, you know, this is all about, yeah, I'm going to be reunited with Thomas Tuchel, who I really stru- uh, hit it off with when we were at Dortmund and he, he's gone now. But the, the midfield is a bit of an issue. Obviously... Their best performance this season was against Spurs and Golo Conte played that day. Mm. Those three defeats that they've suffered have all been without N'Golo Conte. And the thing as well, why it probably isn't a surprise either about Tuchel going is he pretty much said the same thing after each defeat. As in, you know, we lacked hunger, we lacked fight, we weren't tough enough. And then it happens again. And then it happens again. Actually, on Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock, I went in to do my sports bulletin and I played a clip of Tuchel and I walked out of the studio and one minute minute later Tuchel's gone. So I was like, this is what he's saying is wrong and then they sacked him. So basically they decided, well, this is what's wrong but you're not going to be the... You're you're what's wrong. You're not going to be the one to fix it because (laughs) there's no fight, there's no hunger, there's no toughness from them because they don't want to play for you anymore. In terms of Graham Potter, I'd agree exactly with what David says that like he can start well but you know that if it doesn't go well from like where Brighton are at the moment 
if there's a club in a similar position in two years, say, when Graham Potter leaves Chelsea, then, you know, he's going to be in the running for those kind of jobs and he can build himself back up again. 100%, yeah. So, you know, no one, if, if things do go wrong at Chelsea, no one's going to blame him for it. Now, the one, the one caveat to that is that actually... Uh, Tuchel and we did a piece on this on OTBAM during the week um, Tuchel has been there for a period where there was somebody who knows nothing about football in charge of the recruitment like Bowley himself was doing the deals he was the one who was making the phone calls or certainly somebody in his office was making the phone calls and trying to get players and apparently he brought Ronaldo up three times and Tuchel at the end was like why do you keep bringing up Ronaldo I've told you I don't want him <laughs> Uh, so you know the the WhatsApp group apparently was he wasn't getting back he was the blue ticks <laughs> he was leaving the owner on blue ticks yeah. and not getting back which you know there's obviously um, there's a pair of the minute but I'd say Tuchel's probably happy enough to be gone from that scenario yeah he'll get a job quick enough I actually thought it happened so quick because on the same morning Leipzig got rid of their manager Tedesco after losing the Shakhtar but they've already brought in Marco Rosa I thought maybe that was a like a quick turnaround for Tuchel to get back into Bundesliga football but yeah he'll get a job he'll be okay I mean lads I, 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 the one thing which I think is worth talking about is I think I mean Phil mentioned the squad I think the squad has been really unbalanced and completely altered in its makeup to play in Thomas Tuchel's way. So basically, they've got rid of all their wingers, and any wingers they have, they don't play. You know, that's quite incredible, right? And there was talk that maybe it was put to him he's got to play 4 3 3, you know. Now, Hudson Adoy gone, Ziesch, you know, barely plays, um, Pulisic finished. You know, their the wingers have been decimated because he doesn't play with wingers, right? I mean, you know. Now, Graham Potter doesn't really play with wingers either. So maybe it's kind of, uh, you know, it all kind of fits in. But we'll just have to wait and see. But that was because he had the players he had at Brighton. But Brighton weren't really blessed with many wingers either. You know, but look at when Chelsea were successful, you know, a lot of the attacking players, I know they've got the, the wing-backs who do that now, but I, I just wonder whether it will change because I, I feel the squad is kind of, a little bit unbalanced in that way and that it seems to be only set up to play one way and Tuchel was tried to change you know I was at the uh, Leicester game he started with a back four he ripped it up he played a back three uh, he did the same the other night um, and he just seemed to be flip-flopping a little bit whereas I think certainly Potter although he plays a three you know whenever he changes it seems to be pretty well thought out and and and, and less scattergun and that's also with the recruitment. I look at Chelsea's recruitment, it looks a bit scattergun. Why they sign Kukurea when they've already got Ben Chilwell? Yeah, but a million quid worth of left backs. Yeah, but Chilwell got injured yeah. last season and Alonso wasn't deemed up to it. And actually, you think back to the second leg at the Bernabeu, Alonso had a great game because they, they obviously had changed things. If he does deviate from three at the back, then would that mean that Thiago Silva gets left out? Because... Are you allowed to drop players who have been telling the chairman the truth from the dressing room? I'm not sure. He seems Thiago Silva and Cesar Aspilicueta seem to have been they've they've a good relationship with the owner. Which uh, you're coming in as a manager going, I mean that's not great. Like you know, I want to ball you out if you haven't done well because I have to. Yeah. And your man's off. Well, he feels very nice to me today. There's, I, it, 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 it's, it's relatively precarious situation until they get the football director in. There's there's talk. I don't know. I haven't seen if they've actually appointed. There's talk of the guy from Monaco. Also, as well, there's like that Potter is going to have a say in it. Okay, so well, that, that again is, is um, like in American sports, they do 
try and have a general manager and a head coach and they try and make them align so that you know you come with a package and if yeah. Potter has some involvement in the selection of that player or that person then I guess that changes everything so they become a team and that's you know a very rich organisation trusting two football people to make the football decisions one on the playing style one on the recruitment and academy system and then I don't know maybe maybe this is the birth of a, a new Chelsea and that's all it took they just ripped the plaster off yeah, but the, the, the only thing is you don't pay 20-odd million pounds to bring in a manager who's going to be told what players he, you know, to play or this is this is our model and you will coach our players in this way. You know, he had Dan Ashworth at Brighton. You've got to remember, he was his sort of, you know, uh, director of football above and Dan then left to Newcastle. So that created a bit of a void there. David Weir took over. But make no mistake, I, th- I think Graham Potter had an awful lot of power at Brighton. I'm sure he's going to Chelsea and he will want the exact same sort of power. You know, he will want to have uh, the, the sort of influence on the signings. You can't say Tuchel didn't because he brought in Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Not many others would have done that. So they granted him that. So I think the manager will have an awful lot of say, irrespective of who or if they ever get in a director of football. Because, you, you know, make no mistake, they're important. The manager is the only important person or, or in that whole organisation. If they get him right, I think the director of football can fall in a fall in a line accordingly. Do we think Graham Potter is the right man, though? In terms of like, there's no doubt. Like, I watched Brighton on Sunday against Leicester, and they were brilliant. And you know, you have Alexis McAllister there, who has a really good chance of going to go into the World Cup at Argentina. Scores. I don't think you'll see a better disallowed goal this season than the one that he smashed into <laughs> the top corner but then he scores a free kick I look at the way Trostard plays Belgian international now and he's done an excellent job you're going to the next level how many times were Brighton criticised for dominating games creating chances but not putting them away and then Graham Potter has to stand in front of the camera but it's more acceptable when it's bright. It is. There is definitely far more scrutiny coming when yeah. you have a squad that has just spent a quarter of a billion in that window uh, you, yeah, you, you know, you have to, yeah, you have to caveat that with all the money they've banked, you know, and what they've spent, and and you know, give him credit. He's you know, something like a hundred plus million. He spent twenty odd, you know. He's scrapping around, you know, trying to make players out of you know, sort of relative rough diamonds, you know, and polish them up and and, and move on. I mean, I know a few of the lads at Brighton because I played with them. They tell me, and they've been, you know, Lalana tells me, and, you know, he's played at Klopp under, you know, played under Poch. He said he is absolutely up there with, with those names. Absolutely up there. You know, and he's got the respect of the players. They believe in him. Tactically, his training's good. You don't hear any, any sort of dissent coming out of that dressing room. None whatsoever. You look at the players that he moves on. You know, if Aaron Connolly's not figuring... You know, he, he keeps his counsel. He doesn't say anything about him, you know, negatively in the press, moves him on. It's the same with an awful lot of players. And and I think I think in terms of his emotional intelligence, as it's always been touched on, you know, I think he's up there with the very best. And in modern management, I think that is so important. Yeah. Okay, so he's he's got the... Uh, credibility, he's got the football now, he's got everything you would want... Uh, and he now has a five-year contract and most importantly he's he's the guy that they've picked that's the bit that gives yeah. you if they don't qualify for the Champions League does he get fired or is that like a look it's a long-term project here we want to take over it's going to take a while got to get rid of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang <laughs> it's like 
what is going to happen with him? Yeah, like I think, I mean, it's very hard to sit here right now and predict how it's going to go for Graham Potter. We certainly know that he deserves a shot probably at the at the big time. Yeah. I mean, I think even if he didn't get the Chelsea job, someone else was going to come looking for him. So, I mean, and I get what David says about certain, like the way he's had to juggle things around at Brighton. He's done an exceptional job. But also as well, you think of when he took the job at Brighton, they had just avoided relegation and Chris Hewton was gone the next day and people kind of thought, what do Brighton want? What do they expect? You know, it's the Premier League. But he then came in and, you know, they weren't winning as many games as he would have liked. But look what it's all been built towards. Like, they're so good to watch. But they start, they've start. they started so well this season as well. Um, let's talk about Liverpool and what happened during the week. The, the fact that they've no game this weekend, <laughs> is that a good thing for them? It allows some of the more players to come back from injury? Or did they want a game to get that out of their system? Yeah, I don't know. This was something I was going to ask David at the top of the show as well, because we were talking about the fixture congestion. Would players rather just be playing the only kind of similarity I have like when you're playing Leinster Senior League at the end of a season you're playing midweek games and you love it because you don't have to train it's just like mm. matches all the time it's like the championship a 48 game yeah. season so do, do players want that or does Klopp need time on the training ground to, because he talked the other night about reinvention I don't know what he means by that I can't see no, that was worrying do you not think yeah do you not yeah he's, he's, yeah. he's hardly going to go four four two. let's get it up to the big man <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that, I thought that was a really concerning remark. Do you know what was more concerning? Because I, I worked on this game, right? And I do spend a lot of time because I worked in recruitment. So you know, I do spend a lot of time pre-game watching all the games, so I know what I'm up against and mm. who, who I'm going to be working on. I could have told you, you know, the sort of how good Cavatscalia was, the the left winger for them, right? I mean, I could have told you exactly how he plays, how quick he was. Um, I could have spoken about Ozzermen as I did, uh, the threats that they have, right, and how Napoli played. I have to say, I felt more prepared than than I thought Liverpool looked. I've got to be honest. It's like they never knew what they were up against. They left Trent totally exposed. Uh, Joe Gomez didn't realise he was playing against someone who had, he was sort of a combination of Lukaku and Erling Haaland in terms of he plays centrally, he's quick, he's strong, and he runs. And it's like he didn't know what... Well, I, I, I was flabbergasted. i got to be honest. I thought they were... I thought they stepped They stepped out on that pitch not knowing what to expect. But if you'd have watched Napoli, you know, they weren't a Man United who kicked long from the goalie, picked up second balls, and didn't want to risk losing the ball against a, a really good Liverpool team. They went, no, we're going to play out from the back. We're going to make this pitch massive. We're going to play through you, and we're going to play over you. And we do not care about risking the ball. And Liverpool had to go, no, 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 hang on a minute. We're so far off the pace here, we need to retreat. We need to get back in our shape. We need to provide cover for our fullbacks because especially Trent was getting destroyed. And instead, they had a real naivety about their game. After five minutes, uh, uh, it was whatever the score was. And I, I said it on the radio, this is going to be, this is going to be like, I didn't say a cricket score, you know, but this is going to be a high scoring game. This game is so open. And it was really naive from Liverpool because uh, I, I thought they were just dreadful, but also that it wasn't altered in-game was the worry. It wasn't altered in-game to go, you know what? Let's just step off step off the gas here. We're up against a really good team. We need to just change our tack. We can't go and press them high. We've got to be really nice and compact, close together, because these are, these are good players and maybe better than we thought they were. 
What did you make of it? Well, when I saw the team, I thought to myself, Liverpool, who never win in Naples under Klopp, are in for a very, very tough night. And if they got a draw, they'd be blessed. Because James Milner should not be starting. Um, And then the first minute, the ball played into Ossiman. And you know with the high line, and he talked about this after the game, the high line is only a risk if you're not putting pressure on the ball. Clearly they weren't putting pressure on the ball, but the high line stayed there. They changed at half time. They brought on Matip. A couple of minutes into the second half, the exact same thing happens. Different personnel, Matip is there. Now Matip actually, as the half wore on, showed why he's a much better player than Joe Gomez because he doesn't panic in terms of well he's w- not getting caught in possession either like it, it's it's multi it's multiple a multifactorial problem here absolutely yeah there's there's so many different factors like because people are like that that footage is going around of Trent Alexander Arnold online of just walking and from different games then there's the, the midfield looking leggy then there's the high line mm-hmm. Then people are talking about Mo Salah. Now, I I don't buy into this. I saw Graeme Sunas talking about Mo Salah signing his new deal. And that, no, no. It, they're, they're getting him the ball less often. Yeah, and I think actually an issue that as good as Harvey Elliott has been and can be, I think his position in the team in terms of positionally where he plays is having an impact on Trent Alexander-Arnold and Mo Salah where Salah isn't getting into those spaces where he likes to get into Elliot, as good as he is with the ball, I don't think he has. Ju- he's just not ready. I don't think for the way Klopp wants to play. It's very early to be sticking him in the team, and maybe next year it's too early. And that goes back to a lack of investment in midfield. Oh, I can't understand like, how they talk about this for the last two years. Yeah, it's glaringly obvious. The owners get away with it totally. They're- Thiago comes on, changes the game, and as everyone, all oh, Thiago's back. Thiago will be injured in a few games. Well, he'll be he, back to square one. He plays fifty percent of of the season, and if you get him at the right time of the year, you might be lucky. You might be unlucky, but yeah. it, it does look like he is back. And at the end of the international break, Henderson's supposed to be back as well. So. And Henderson kind of fits into what I mean about where Elliot is playing. Henderson gets where I need to drop in when Trent Alexander-Arnold drifts in. They, they've worked perfectly well over the last couple and of years. Henderson seems to get a lot of criticism from certain sections of the Liverpool support, but I think it's not till he's not there you see how important he is. Also as well, he sets a tempo in midfield and he also has standards on the pitch where he'll bollock players out of him. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not terminal, is it? Is this to me? But do you know what I, I would have done though? Because when you look at all these these little clips, all you see and is is as Phil said, you know Trent walking. But what you don't see is why Liverpool ended up in that position, which comes back to how they played this game, which was absolutely they played completely the wrong tactics in this game which left their players exposed right well can I just so, ask you about that because Carragher in, in his column is like oh they need to drop off and they need to but that's not what turned them into the great team is it? Is it that they can't press with those players no, is but that the not, problem yeah but they're not in the form though you can be in and out of form right you know do you know what I mean the old adage of class is permanent blah blah form is temporary they're, they, they're, they're sort of out of form a little bit and they're up against a really good team away from home who were going and have got some good players. So, you know, he, he could have, for example, put more legs and more discipline or a more defensive-minded player out in front of Trent rather than, you know, kind of your attacking wingers who go and press high and 
you, you know, you could have kept Mo down through the middle maybe. And he could have, even in-game, he could have done something a little bit differently. I think it's, it's always easy to then isolate a, a clip of a player walking, the, which is right, don't get me wrong. But how it got to that stage was the worrying thing because it, it, it was like they left, they left their defence so badly exposed that comes down to how they approach the game and it was far too open actually Fabinho by the way he doesn't get a free pass in this because if you look at him for the Anguisa goal second goal he's there he runs out to the ball leaves a big space he did the exact same thing for the Isaac goal against Newcastle hey do you know what 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 brought me back to this I listened to Roy Keane talking in a little video where he spoke about the pessimism that he needed as a defensive minded midfield player Mm. to always think the worst you know, but those Liverpool lads at, at the uh, midweek in Napoli looked like they never thought of the worst. Fabinho never thought, well, hang on, th- there's a wall pass coming here. I need to drop off and, and block that. And, and neither did Trent. I mean, uh, it was it was like they needed someone to grab them and grab them by the throat, and but also someone to have that def- like that that pessimism about their play. But mm. they, like, but they didn't. Well, the, the optimism has taken them to great heights we were watching the Premier League years the pre-COVID one where they were the greatest football team you've ever seen it, before COVID we had this on in the studio beforehand David and they put up the shot of the screen at the league table before play was stopped Liverpool had 82 points Manchester City were second with 57 points in February with a game in hand albeit Man City so like they they obviously romped to the title but it's the same group, largely. With obviously, well, that, with, uh, that's an issue as well, though. A couple it's, of players missing. It, it's yeah, the, the same group. That's a, yeah, the, the, that's a, a really interesting point because when you go back to when uh, a few years ago, those players, I haven't got it on me now, but they had the highest proportion of players in their so-called pre-peak or peak years, you know, and and I think that has a lot to do with it. Whereas now you're maybe. You know, you're a couple of years further down the cycle, mm. you know, and it doesn't mean that they're, they're not quite. But, you know, just a few of the players look largely, you've got to say, they do look largely off it, you know. Um, it's weird that so, it happened to so many of them at the same time. That's, that's maybe well, that's not weird. Maybe that's exactly what happens when you, you burn the candle as, as much as they have. Just to go back to you, David, that point that we started this conversation with to wrap it, this part of it up. You said you're worried about the fact that he's talking about reinvention. Uh, this does seem to be a job that Jurgen Klopp could do forever if he wanted to. It feels like there's a, a link with the, the city, and you know maybe that's always the case when you're winning games. But he seems to like fully embrace what it means to be the Liverpool manager. So I don't feel like he's going to walk away from it at any point. And yet, if you're not getting the support in the transfer market, and you are the best manager in the world, that's when that's when it starts entering your head. Like I'm going to go up against. Chelsea have got their shit together I'm going to go up against Newcastle I'm going to go up against Man, Man United who appear to have got well, we'll talk about them in a minute and I'm going to go up against City like what you've just brought in Haaland and what, how am I going to fix this now and I can't even get a midfielder so is there yeah. is there a possibility uh, uh, that this is the beginning of the end I'm not saying and I'm uh, not saying that Liverpool are going to get rid of him at all but he might just be fed up of it no I, I think the only thing that would be worrying if you're a player if you hear that is you know uh, it, it doesn't fill you with a lot of confidence if the manager is suddenly talking about you know you, you've now got to reinvent and do something different. I think I feel they can do something different, but within what they've got, and just accept that sometimes you're going up against certain teams. You're going to play 
a different style, a different way against you. And and you might be below your level, but you'll get back to your level. But you, you'll get back to your level within what you've got in a similar way, but just maybe altered slightly. As I said, it might be a shift in position for Mo Salah sometimes so that if, if Trent's up against a really good winger, they get someone who provides a bit more cover to him and more legs, and then you keep Mo down through the middle. You know, I felt maybe last season, I thought he could have played Mo through the middle a lot more rather than, say, Sadio, you know, and, and little things like that, just to, just to save maybe Mo's legs, keep him centrally, and then you have a bit more bit more legs in and around the wide area. I just don't area think they because... had the option on the right wing, though. I think Salah... No, that's, that, see, because yeah. Diaz obviously came in and he could play on the left. He wasn't as effective on the on the right. So I think Salah was always just an automatic starter on the right wing because they just don't have that left-footed player that can come in. He likes his inverted wingers. Yeah, it, it's just whether you... I don't know. I don't know whether... A, um, I'm trying to think if who would be fit that could play down that that if Curtis Jones was fit, for example, you sacrifice a, a bit of uh, creativity in the middle areas to go for a bit more solidity. Someone who's and may, diligent, maybe away and, from and home. He's got legs, yeah, maybe, and maybe away from home. Exactly, yeah, you don't yeah. have to reinvent the wheel. Reinvent the wheel sounds too drastic, and and it doesn't necessarily mean that. And that that strikes me as yeah, I'd be a bit worried that suddenly. You can't just lose your confidence, right? After a one bad result, that, that sends shockwaves or panic. <laughs> yeah, so. except the trouble is it's not one bad result, is it? It's the whole season has actually been Liverpool playing below par. Yeah, but this is this was a dreadful performance. Well, it's a this hammering. Could have been yeah. five, this could have been five or six at half well, time. Well, including a save penalty. It's the worst hammering they've had in I just wonder, has he, has he learned from the couple of seasons ago when they lost all the centre-halves and he was playing his best midfielders as centre-halves and eventually just said, we're getting overrun in midfield. And he started Nat Phillips and Reese Williams at centre-half. He said, look... We need our best mid- so I wonder will he hung for sheep as a lamb will he just decide like that you know we have to change something but I just felt he was he was too slow to, to react to that but they saved he was. it because he was way too slow so, he, he, yeah I wonder as he learned from that and maybe when he says reinvent it's just talk about a few little tactical tweaks rather than reinvention yeah. does sound so drastic but maybe he probably maybe he used the wrong word maybe, maybe he just meant tactical tweaks that yeah. well he might he might shift to a back three right which would be a worry and think right Trent could play right wing back and he might be looking at sides that play a back three and going well that might work for us you know <laughs> if, if they had you know if they had enough players if Fabinho is one of the fit. three okay but if uh, if Joe Gomez yeah. is one of the three well yeah, no I think go. Matip you could play Matip you could play Van Dijk and you could play Robertson or Simicas Okay, so you and get then get one of them, them in the team. You get both right. them in the team. I do want to just quickly ask about Manchester United before we wrap up here. Um, and uh, a reminder, of course, that this is the football kickoff with Sky, all the football you love in one place across uh, Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. Um, we're live every Friday at half 11 talking about the best five games on TV. But if you've just joined us, the, there are no games on TV. They've, they've been cancelled this weekend. Is Manchester United's uh, defeat, a home defeat against Real Sociedad in the Europa League, David, is that a wake up call for the Man United fans that everything isn't just fixed automatically? that there wasn't just a okay we're done we're back it's not true I don't, I don't think they ever thought that I mean you know credit to uh, uh, to them for the sort of four back to back wins but um, you know much changed team maybe you get that with a much changed team right you know a, a pretty disjointed the events of of yesterday obviously um, the impact I don't know contributed to a pretty flat performance it was pretty poor wasn't it in and around the box uh, you got to say nothing really came off. Um, uh, 
so it, it could be due to that and and you know maybe i don't know maybe uh um once they obviously you know get back to their first choice team you know they probably i think they'll be fine it wasn't far off a first choice team in a weird way like he, he, okay so Ronaldo the two players that have been dropped yeah that have made such a difference with the first team it's true I, 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 however he did play Casemiro Fred Eriksson Anthony and Alanga so yeah. Alanga's got into some big games and maybe as the season goes on he won't but like Casemiro starts and you're like oh this is going to be very interesting yeah. see what happens and they lose yeah I think they I, and look let's try and I thought it was a harsh penalty I mean, I, I thought I was fully sure that VAR, well, they looked at it and I was fully sure the referee would go over and have a look and say, right, I'm actually going to change that because it's clearly come off the tie of Lissandra Martinez and then it's gone into his hand. But look, it was it, they weren't good anyway, but I think that um, United will still get through that group. And, you know, there, there, there is a few, like Anthony gets a bit more game time um, you know Garnacho comes off the bench as is well is Casemiro in their first choice team he eventually will be but like he has to get up to speed a bit how do you get him up to speed except playing him in games well they played him last night so it was I, I mean it's funny how Anthony hadn't played for four months and he's straightened the team Casemiro you know I need to understand a bit more about my game well here. Anthony was playing for Ajax though he scored a, a funny enough oh, fair enough it was my, somebody else wasn't it was it not somebody who like played one game since March and uh, anyway alright so you think Casemiro totally? I oh, he'd be he'd be fine, yeah. Yeah, and I think going back to like tactical tweaks, Ten Hag obviously when he arrived wouldn't have imagined this is the way he'd have to play United. But after the first couple of games, he had to completely change things and say, right, this is we're going to have to make ourselves a lot harder to beat and use our pace on the break, and that is working for the moment in the in the Premier League anyway, and then his plan will be to obviously evolve and then they start taking the game to the the bigger teams in those big games but that's a couple of years away absolutely it is but I, I always felt when Ten Hag came in the first thing he needs to do is get a few statement wins and he's already got two he's beaten Liverpool and Arsenal at Old Trafford yeah alright so David nothing to worry about from a Manchester United perspective really uh, I, w- I wouldn't say really no apart, apart from I think he'll have the perennial problem until it changes January maybe about Harry Maguire and Cristiano Ronaldo on the bench because I think where are they going to get into the team and once you've got two big hitters like that sitting on the sideline sort of burning a hole in the back of your head every week it can it kind of end up as a bit of an issue but you know we'll, we'll see I mean they have a lot of these Europa League games obviously they can play them in but the, the problem is then if you if they don't perform you want to win the results, <laughs> you want to win yeah, exactly so, yeah yeah, and, and they, if you're a top player like they are, you won't be content with just playing, being a cup player. You know, you'll you want to go and play. So, um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that one unfolds, which will be a little bit different than what he's had at Ajax, right? To 80 or, you know, however many million pound worth of players sitting on the bench, you know, um, uh, sort of. And, and I thought Ronaldo looked a bit too keen to please yesterday, even when the service to him, I'd rather he stay, stuck to his usual grumpy self if the service was bad, I'd rather he moaned rather than giving a, a round of applause to a teammate when really, if he was the ruthless Ronaldo that he is, you know, he'd be, he'd be, he'd be requesting better service than that, mm. you know, but it, it seemed like he was just trying to keep everyone as if, no, I'm still, you know, was, uh, 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 well, you, you are the very, he is the very best, right? You know, it, 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 he shouldn't change for anyone just, just to appease people who think, uh, 
he might be trouble if he's not playing. Well, when you're playing, you know, he wants better service, so he should be he should be demanding that. You know, I think I go back to the goal. Do you remember he had a chance? I think it was he come on last week and Bruno Fernandes took too long to square the ball across the box. I think it was against it was against Arsenal. Yeah. And um, you know, and he was right to have a go at Fernandez because he did take too long. And then I watched the game the other day. I think it might have been PSG. I forget the game. But uh, I think it, yeah, I think it was Mbappe, Mark score, but he got the ball exactly when he should have done in a carbon copy situation. And, he, and I, I don't think, you know, Ronaldo should change just to, just to appease all the media so that they think he's a good guy because he's, you know, he's on well, the, we all know the truth. You can see the frustration though, yeah. I, like that Arsenal chance. And then even last night, you could just, you know, the, that resigned look when the flag went up after he actually did find the net. But because, at least if he if he's not starting games, but then he, he comes on or he starts a Europa League game, the least he wants to do is score goals. And yeah, the longer it goes on where he's not starting, then he's playing Europa League games. And if he's not scoring, he's just going to get more and more frustrated. Yeah, Harry Maguire doesn't have much of a case though. Every time I pick you, Harry, we lose. So you know, you, you his cameo uh, against Arsenal the other day when he came on. My God, right, good stuff, David Conley, Phil Egan. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Football coverage here on Off the Ball is, of course, brought to you by Sky. Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. We'll keep you up to date across all our channels whenever we get news about when football's coming back. But for now, it's off. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky. Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.